Welcome back to Things and Stuff with your boy Brian Hood. Before we get into the B Hood podcast, I was just going to get you guys updated on a few things. Uh, first of all, I'm um, still alive and well. Well, maybe not well. I'm like medium well. Yeah, that's probably fine. Medium well. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> still out there doing life. Give you guys an update on the New Year's resolution of recording myself. I am still doing that. I am still listening to it. And uh, gotta tell you, don't feel like it helps at all. <laughs> I know a lot of people talked about it like they were like, oh, you know. But I, when I listen to it, I'm just like, yeah, I remember when that happened. Oh, I remember that part and how that didn't go well or whatever. And I can understand conceptually how it's supposed to help uh, recording yourself and looking at it and reevaluating and analyzing. But uh, I don't know. I just don't feel like it's done much for me up to this point. But, I, you know, I'm going to keep doing it, all that fun stuff. Because uh, I feel like I'm already very critical with myself. So, like, when I go back, I'm just like, yep, I remember that. And I remember all the things I thought about it immediately afterwards and since. And I still have all the same thoughts and opinions as I had before. So, I think I just might be too brilliant for it to help me. That might be why. Maybe not. That could not be the reason. But it's probably the reason. But yeah, still doing that. Um, I am going to... I've been considering making a change in terms of where I record and things like that. Because lately I've just been kind of recording wherever I can find a quiet place to record. And if you've listened to the episodes, you know that I have failed at that a number of times. I find found places that, you know, seem to be quiet until I sit down and hit the record button. And then they basically find every noisy thing that they can flip on or hit the switch or whatever, clang pots together. I don't know what's going on. So... Yeah, because I end up I re- end up recording in Spokane a lot, but that's not where I live. And I've had friends that have offered me like their uh, places to record, and then retract that offering for whatever reason. Maybe because I'm mean to them or something. I'm not sure. I need to fucking stop being bitches. That's all I know. But yeah, so there's that. So I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna see about finding maybe a new space or a new plan going forward and stuff like that. But for the time being, it's going to be kind of chaotic in terms of where we record and what we're doing and stuff like that. So if that's something that you enjoy, then you can continue to enjoy it. And when it ends, sorry, see, it's better for me. Um, <clears throat> but before we get into the episode, I just want to let you guys know about uh, a couple of things I have coming up. Uh, there is going to be a drink and debate on February 20th. Now, normally the drink and debate is on the second Sunday of every month, if I'm remembering correctly. But this one's unique because it's going to be on a Thursday. Now, I don't know what that's going to mean for attendance, what that's going to mean for the overall crowd, and all that kind of stuff. I, I'd be curious to see. Uh, but I'm going to be there with Team Shit to Shower. If you guys show up and say uh, Team Shit to Shower or just mention my name, Brian Hood. They should let you in for free. Uh, and then, yeah, you can watch the show, and it'll be it'll be maybe good. There'll be parts of it that are good, for sure. No, it's, it's an improv kind of debate show, you know? So they'll drop kind of wacky topics on us, and, and we have to real quickly try and make, make it funny. So sometimes it works very well. Sometimes it works not so well at all. So, I mean... But, hey... That's that's part of the 
It's part of the charm of the show, right? So yeah, I should be there. They've only announced one team so far. Uh, so I know that Derek Schoonover, Clayton Palmquist, and Aaron Hall are going to be there. So if any of those knows, any of those knows, any of those names put a tingle in your genital area, then, you know, come on out. I don't know why they would, unless, like, unless it's like a tingle, like it's going numb, you know, like you can't use it anymore, like permanent impotence slash whatever woman impotence would be, like clitipotence sense. Feminimpotence? There isn't a thing, is there? The whole always works, right? Sorry if I'm being insensitive. But yeah. Uh, So that should be fun. And then uh, I will be... uh... Oh man, I got this put weird on my... Oh man, I'm missing a date on here. What the heck? Alright, I'll correct that. I was looking at my own website so that I could uh, know what my dates are, but I'm actually missing something here. So, uh, I'll get that updated, but I'll let you guys know the the true blue scheduling. So, on March 6th and 7th, I will be hosting for Dave Landau at the Spokane Comedy Club. Uh, On Friday... It's Friday. Yeah, Friday, Saturday. Uh, on Friday, there's one show at 7.30. On Saturday, there's one show at 7.30 and then another at 10. I will be on all of those. And then on Sunday, I will also be on that show featuring for ah, a guy I can't remember his name. I'm a terrible person. Um, but yeah, I'll be featuring that day, which will be tons of fun because I will have my merchus. Uh There's actually been a resurgence of... Merchus memes coming from the official no one likes your podcast and no one knows what Merchus means page or Mercus means on Facebook. So if you guys want to go and follow that, it's pretty good. If you don't know what the meme means, then I suggest searching Merchus, M-E-R-C-H-U-S, and watching that clip on YouTube from Shark Tank and the Biscuit. It's a, it's a, uh, they do like these little teaser shows or teaser episodes before the actual episode comes out. And if you watch that and you still don't know what it means, then I, I can't really help you. I mean, maybe you could try watching the full episode. I don't know if I would actually recommend that though, but hey, you know, there's that. Okay, wait a minute here. Okay, so they've changed the dates around um, on the Spokane website. So I don't think that guy is actually um, headlining on that date any longer. So I'm going to have to double check with that because I don't think that they're going to throw me on whatever show they put on there. Now they have a show on that date, Sunday the 8th, Comedians Following Tool on Tour the Tour. So I don't think that I'm on that show. So, yeah, hmm, yeah, there's that. So, well, I guess I must have had that forethought. That's what it was. I was like, I know that this show will get changed, therefore I will not add it to my website. Because, you know, it's just the way I am. I just, I can see the future. 
I know when all of you are going to die and the cause of death. So if you're curious uh, about that, you can uh, email behoodpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'll need uh, your first, last name, and your date of birth, and uh, a picture of your palm. I don't need all the fingers, just like the palm. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you when you're going to die. Um, there's no guarantee on on that because some people's palms look similar to other people's palms. It's not an exact science or a science at all. Um, but I will provide refunds for the zero dollars that you paid for it if you don't die on that date. You just got to do a follow-up email. Um, no, you have to forward the original email so save that somewhere and then when that date comes if you don't die forward that to me and i'll provide you a full refund of the no money that you paid for me to tell you when you're going to die i know it sounds like a lot of work but to have that for knowledge for knowledge to have that uh knowledge i'll just say i'll just call it knowledge foresight that's the word i was looking for to have that, that foresight is really invaluable if you think about it but uh, we'll go ahead and jump into this episode because I've already been weird enough up to this point. Uh, I sat down with the very funny local comedian, actor, entrepreneur. Is he an entrepreneur? I don't know. Uh, Steve Johnson. Uh, and it was actually it was fun getting caught up with him, getting to know a little bit more about his passion and everything and what he feels like he's strong about, how he got started in comedy, you know, sports, drugs, not, not very much rock and roll. That's not even the way that goes, is it? Sports, drugs, and rock and roll. It is for Steve Johnson, though. That's what he's all about. Sports, drugs, and rock and roll. Rock and roll. That should be his merch shirt. It has nothing to do with any of his jokes. I'll suggest it to him on Facebook after I'm done. Um, but yeah, it's a fun episode. If you guys know Steve Johnson, then you will not be disappointed. If you know me, you will be disappointed. Um, but listen anyways. Love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Hello, everybody. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Be Hood podcast. It is your host, your boy, Brian Hood. Uh, we're back again with another guest episode. Uh, we'll get into that in just a moment here. Um, so the Bee Hood podcast is a few things. It's your way of keeping up with me and my life in and outside of comedy. It's, uh, secondly, your way of meeting someone that, and, you know, interacting with someone. I guess not interacting. That doesn't really make sense. But meeting someone that you might not have otherwise, uh, had a chance to get to know. And then lastly, it is a storytelling podcast. Uh, I performed extensive scientific research and I came to the conclusion that every person in the world, in fact, had a childhood. And each one of those childhoods contained their own unique experiences. So I created the podcast so that we could just sit down and have a chat. And uh, it would also serve as a listening exercise for myself. Because I'm very good at talking, but I'm not the best at listening. Uh, the rules of the podcast, though, are pretty simple. Just be open, be honest, and above all else, just be you. So that leads me to introducing our guest for the episode, uh, comedian Steve Johnson. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good to hear. 
I'm, I'm considering not reading that part anymore, but I, the reason why I keep reading it is because I know that Derek doesn't like it, and he's one of the only people that actually listens to the podcast, <laughs> so I continue to read it. Do you want me to read it now? <laughs> sure. I if, you want to. <laughs> if you can even freaking read my handwriting. Uh, it's, it's, What's funny is it's not even written that way. Like, if you were to actually read it the way I wrote it, it probably wouldn't even make sense to you, because I... You fill in the gaps. I'm, like, punching it up as right. I'm going. Yeah. yeah thought about rewriting it because a lot of people don't even tell stories from their childhood when that time comes along like youth or whatever i don't want to limit it too much but the reason why i did that is because that's kind of how i started off the podcast is just talking about stories from my own childhood yeah broken bones and fights and weird stuff kind of stuff that always happens in great cities like tucson arizona are you you said you're from spokane right yeah yeah i'm born and raised here out in the valley did you ever live anywhere else I lived in uh, Phoenix, Arizona for like seven months. Why were you there? Um, I was tired of Spokane. Uh, oh. And then you got untired in seven months, or did something bad happen? No, it just, the job that I had lined up wasn't the job that I had lined up. I uh-huh. thought I was going to get paid more money than I was. <coughs> uh, Would you still live there if it was a good job, you think, maybe? Yeah, probably. Did you like Phoenix? I loved Phoenix in the uh, fall months. Oh, okay, months. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix in the summertime, man, is the worst. Yeah, I grew up in it's Tucson, so and I mean, it's kind of always hot. I mean, if the sun's out, it's pretty warm. Yeah, if you're standing in the sunlight, it's yeah. gonna, you're going to burn. It's a weird feeling to, like, know that, to know mm-hmm. that, like, even in, like, December, January, if you're in the sun, you're probably pretty warm. Yeah, where, like, it's so hot that the even when it rains, mm-hmm. as the rain hits the pavement, it evaporates mm-hmm. and creates, like, a quick fog. And then that itself gets even more evaporated, just disappears real quick, doesn't even create clouds. You're like, what? That was a waste of water. It is strange, for sure. <laughs> I grew up, actually, in Tucson. I don't know if I ever mentioned that to yeah. you before. But um, when I moved up here, like, I always told myself when I was a kid that I hated the sun mm-hmm. because it was always there and bright and in my eyes or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. because that's the way it is in Arizona. There's, There's, like hardly ever even a cloud in the sky yeah which a lot of people that's why they love it you know because the sun's always there and that's probably because they grew up in a place where it's not yeah, always I was there say, most of the people that love it in <laughs> phoenix and in tucson is the people that move from spokane oregon California. it's weird how that works though All you want to escape the pl- like where you grew up because mm-hmm. you get fed up of it and then like an opposite place is more ideal to you because of that mm-hmm. it's strange but i remember when i was a kid when i got my own room uh, at my mom's house because she would pretty much do, let me do whatever I wanted. I nailed like seven blankets over my window so not a droplet of sun could like ever get through. <laughs> yeah. And they stayed on there until I freaked out on acid and tore them all off. Nice. So, and the sun was out. And you're like, wait, what's that? I don't think it was out. <laughs> but I might have imagined it was out. I don't know. I was, I thought I was in a time warp. Yeah. 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 Well, what I would have, what I was actually doing was sitting on my floor pushing my hands into my closed eyes like you know how you'll see like stars and stuff when you mm-hmm. push on your eyeballs do you ever mm-hmm. do that as yep. a kid yep. i just did that and freaked out and i think i peed my pants a little if i remember correctly okay. so you ever done dmt no oh, okay that sounds scary though isn't that the thing that that it's... your body produces when you're about to die mm-hmm. isn't that what that is yeah so it's... it gives you like a near-death experience basically you've never done it or your yet. brain also apparently secretes it when you're sleeping and it's also responsible for giving you the more lucid dreams i guess oh i didn't know that so interesting uh, well yeah it's something new you know the more they 
If it wouldn't it, kill me, I probably would do it. But with with my experience with acid, I don't think I'd be a big fan of it. I I'll tell you, man. It was uh, it was the weirdest and most. Like, I, I I haven't <coughs> stopped smiling thinking about it. But I like I'll stay away from it because I don't want to enjoy it too much and spend all my money right. on it. That makes sense. <laughs> but you're but you're I, a fan of hallucinogenics, anyways, oh yeah, right? Yeah. And I was not. We went to the Grudge on mushrooms. That's how much I enjoy hallucinogens. It, the Grudge, the movie, or mm-hmm. in theaters, it was fun. On what? Which hallucinogenic? Mushrooms. Okay. Did you ever take it's LSD? Holy Yeah. Because LSD, they tell me it's a different thing from mushrooms. Cause I've never done mushrooms, but they, but it was way too intense for me. Pretty much immediately, I have a very neurotic mind where I already kind of have a hard time controlling what I'm thinking about or whatever. If mm-hmm. that makes any sense yeah. to you. Because, like, me and uh, Rob Wentz had actually a, a pretty long conversation about it where he was like, can you control your mind? And I said, no, not really. You can control your actions, but not your mind. A lot mm-hmm. of the times your mind will, will kind of terrorize you, you know, and think about things that you don't and weird and things like that. I think that's part of mental illness mm-hmm. is that people don't have control over their own mind and thoughts, mm-hmm. right? So, and that's, I think that's part of the reason why I almost always freaked out when I was on acid. Yeah, I, uh, man, I had a lot of fun doing mushrooms. We used to do them all the time. So you uh, never had any bad trips on anything? Just the grudge. <laughs> so that did end up badly? But it ended up badly, but it's still, I like, I did mushrooms <coughs> the other day with these, you know. I mean, it didn't ruin me enough to... I didn't know you could have bad trips on, on mushrooms. Oh, So yeah. you got kind of freaked out? You can put yourself in some bad places, man. Mm. I've watched some people have some meltdowns. Um, a buddy of mine, Bobby, I tried to tell the story on stage once, but since nobody knows Bobby... It's impossible. Um, but he was like, uh, he was a cross country star, and we were at Lake Kokolala. Do you know where that's at? You probably know where that's at. It's like halfway up to Sandpoint. No. It's uh, a small little lake. Um, I'm very bad about directions. About, on the map, is about that far. I think it's four miles to okay. um, the other side of the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the middle of winter. Uh, we all ate a bunch of mushrooms, and Bobby locked himself in a bedroom, uh, and like his arms were crossed like this with the lights off. Sounds very similar. Just laying on. And uh, so I, you know, we tried to move his arm. We couldn't move his arm. We clicked on the lamp and he would open his eyes, look at us, click the lamp off and go back into that formation, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, he's a small guy and I couldn't move his arms. But all of a sudden he would just wake up, click the light back off and go back to his position. So we kept, uh, what we decided to do was uh, take the mirror off the wall that's about the size of his face. And then we stood in the doorway, click the light off and then he'd wake up, look at us, click the light back on you know, when we repeated that uh, until we were standing right up the top of him, um, and he uh, clicked on the lamp, opened his eyes, looked at himself, looking back at himself, and he stood up, freaked out, took off out, out the front door um, at a full sprint, and then uh, disappeared. <laughs> Just sprinted, took off. And uh, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. I was with my friends, still high on mushrooms, because we were like, well... There's nothing we can do to save Bobby without risking our own lives. So we have to get rid of this evidence. <laughs> were you like on a mountain or something? No, we were on uh, my buddy's cabinet. That Coca-Cola. would have made it scarier. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> <coughs> so we started, we just ate more mushrooms and started trying to come up with alibis as to what happened to Bobby. And, um, we're like, he's probably hanging in the tree somewhere. He had just broken up with like his high school sweetheart. And yeah, yeah. so he was going through some real tough 18 year old emotions. Yeah. And uh, then my phone rang, and it was a number I didn't know, but I was like, whatever, maybe it's Bobby. And it was. He was calling me from his mom's phone. 
she picked him up from the Sandpoint jail. Oh, <laughs> no. Or at least a holding cell. Um, yeah, she were right to be worried about that. Yeah. Uh, apparently he... We don't know when, but uh, he took off his clothes at some point. We assume he maybe fell into some water or what he thought. Maybe his clothes were wet. And to avoid hypothermia, what do they tell you? Strip naked and get to a warm spot as quick as possible. I didn't know that that's what they told you. I guess yeah, you gotta get sense. the cold clothes off, right? Yeah, makes Apparently. Sense. <laughs> and uh, so he crawled in through a window of a random house in the middle of Sandpoint, uh, naked, little Asian kid, uh, 18 years old, and... Uh, he said he came back to reality. He thought he was in a dreamscape. Like he thought he was just running through his dreams, having the time of his life. Uh, and he snapped out of his dream when he heard the shotgun cock. And uh, he goes, where you at, boy? He goes, I have no idea, sir. And then they took him to the precinct. They asked him what drugs he was on. And we had watched Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas that night. And right. he listed the, trunk, uh, the contents of the trunk like verbatim. And they were like, somebody spiked a drink. Uh, we called your mom. She's on her way to get you. We're going to let you off with a warning. That is lucky. <laughs> breaking yeah, and entering butt naked. Butt like naked. A decent exposure. Breaking and entering. Yeah. And that is much more uh, understanding yeah. than I would have expected from right? Idaho standpoint. Town. Yeah. It, yeah. He's and like, he didn't get shot, though, honestly. His mom was on a blind date, mm-hmm. and he rode with her out to Sandpoint to pick up her naked son. Her, her blind date did? Mm-hmm. Nice. They, that was their That's a good day. impression, right? Yeah, oh, okay. that was their only day. Never mind. <coughs> they fell in thought, love after that. I think he thought if he'd go, if he went, she'd make, you know, have sex with him. <coughs> oh, yeah. Not sure they did. Maybe. I wouldn't know. It's not really a, uh, what do you call it? I think the thing that's uh, considered sexy or whatever, what do they call that? The thing that's considered sexy? Uh, fuck, I can't think of it. Just like a term for something that, like, people equate with sex or whatever gosh i like to use like be fluent with language but i can't fucking think of it for the life of me me either man ah <laughs> oh, no no i keep saying i keep thinking of innuendo and that is definitely not it so i will give up yeah. i'm the wrong guy man you're not very good with language no i'm did not you get, did you get good grades I mean, in english i got decent grades in english but i didn't really did you go to college you said, oh, yeah. I went to the falls. but Still counts. Yeah. Well, yeah. once I... I wasn't planning on playing soccer, and then they were like, you want to play soccer? And I was like, yeah, I want to play soccer. So they just asked you if you wanted to play soccer? Mm-hmm. Was well, that friends, the, or...? No, the, the assistant coach, um, I played for his dad's club okay. program. Sure. And uh, so while I was taking my ACT, or whatever the one is for community college, mm-hmm. uh, he came and sat down and asked me if I wanted to play, and I was like, you were talking before the podcast about getting kicked in the head a lot. Were you a goalie the whole time you played? I played goalie, and then I quit for a couple of years to try to play football. And then uh, when I came back, I played sweeper, which was the last guy back before the goalie. What do you think you're better as a goalie? Yeah. Okay. But that's what, what, did, you, what did you play on, <laughs> as football then? I was the kicker. The kicker? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but I was like, a guy my size? That's a waste of a guy. <laughs> do, do kickers need to be tall? No. But linebackers do. Oh, and we were okay. pretty small, man. Like, yeah. And whatever. I should have just kept kicking footballs. Probably. Have, I mean, I could kick footballs pretty far, man. But whatever. Yeah? Why'd you go back to soccer then? Because if I was just going to be a kicker, I didn't want to play football. If I'm going to go kick something, I'm going to go kick the thing I've been kicking my whole life. 
I guess it makes sense. It's not super glamorous. Mm-hmm. And all my buddies were on the soccer team. Then you'll end up in a video at the Spokane Comedy Club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't want that. I, don't, I doubt that many people would show up for my tribute show. But oh yeah, I heard yeah. something about that. I didn't. I didn't catch that show. It was. Uh, it was a good send off, man. Very um, nice. Did he get traded off or something? Is that what it was? Was he not on the Hawks anymore, or what happened? Oh, you're talking about something else. Talking about Tony's show. I was. I thought you were talking oh. about a send off for the kicker guy, like he no, got um, drafted, and then you guys did a show for him <laughs> or something. Nope. Yeah, yeah, no, I was thinking of something else. Sorry. Oh, oh no problem. I just was didn't make the connection myself. I was just imagining you guys doing a show for the kicker of the Seahawks. <laughs> Have fun with no. the I, uh, Cardinals or whatever. I uh, <coughs> I got to host a show for Sarah Colonna. She's a nice lady. And then her husband John Ryan. Yeah. He uh, we did the punching machine. Yeah, the punching bag machine. Yeah, the, yeah, gamers. Mm-hmm. I was telling him how much I hate that game. I, I just think it's so stupid. Like, let's get everybody super drunk and then have them punch stuff. That's yeah. awesome. I guess it lets people take out their aggression. But. It's the one machine that every time I'm just kind of lingering in there waiting for a riot or something, that someone, some stranger tries to get Always. me to punch it. Like They're just like, hey man, I got you. Hit it. So so what I usually say is I'm like, All right, I'm like, set it on the female setting. Yeah. So I could feel okay about myself you know uh john at the comedy club big john security guard yeah he uh shattered his fist punching the he punched through the punching bag and hit that bat that like the back panel mm. and broke his broke his hand was the score like a thousand no it was like because he's a pussy so it was like 300 probably oh my gosh <laughs> breaking your fist on a 300 it's embarrassing yeah. well, you know just because you're big I saw one guy kick it one time. <laughs> I hope he listens to this and punches me in the face when I see him. <laughs> You'd have to tell him to. I, I doubt he even knows this exists. So just be like, hey, listen to the, at least the first 10 minutes or 20 minutes of this so you yeah. can hear me talking shit about you. Which kind of buries the lead, I guess. Yeah, I don't want to tell him why exactly. Yeah. How important do you think not burying the lead is? Have you ever, do you ever see people do that when they're doing a joke where they basically like telegraph the end of it? Yeah, the they'll beginning. tell you the punchline. So then you're that. like... Why am I listening to this right now? I know where it's going. I, mean, I kind of understand it. It depends on... Like, if you have a longer story joke and the punchline is... I kind of understand why you would set it up. At least at an open mic, if you only have three minutes, but it's a five-minute story. Yeah, yeah. Kind of give away a little bit more at the beginning. Yeah, I never thought So that, that way you can understand that the premise works, and then you can and then write a longer-form version of it that you know will work, but just based off the three minutes of it that you had. Hmm. Did they ever let you play any, any positions besides kicker? Uh, when you when you did football, uh, in even junior high, early. yeah, in, yeah, in junior you, high, I got to play offensive line. Offensive line. My secret move was to get under their pads and twist their nipples. They hated it. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Nice. I used to do it uh, to I only to the guys that I knew from. I was going to say that's probably not okay now with woke culture and yeah. everything. They'll be like, "You sexually harassed me." Nah, I, I doubt they actually would. I'm actually surprised at how like how it hasn't changed that much in, in terms of sports and stuff like that mm-hmm. because I have. Um, I have a son in high school and he does wrestling. Yeah. And they still just call each other gay all the time. Like, I didn't think that was a thing anymore. <laughs> I thought you'd get, like, castrated if you did that. And they're still just, like, touching each other's butts and calling each other gay and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, this feels the same as when I was in high school, at least with the wrestling team. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't on the wrestling team. 
<coughs> so soccer players don't call each other gay? No, we used to just... Uh, they just knew? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. We used to talk shit, but it was we mostly only talked shit when we were playing like uh, 007 Goldeneye. Oh, it was a good game. <clears throat> I yeah. suck on consoles, our, though. I always was the worst. That was our uh, that was our jam. Uh, we would take it on the road with us at soccer tournaments or soccer road trips and have like big tournaments of two on two. And there was just Peter and Sean just murder us all. Yeah, the game was legit. Did you ever play Conqueror's Bad Fur Day? Yeah, a couple times. I didn't play it enough till I ever beat it, but I got to I got to play around it a little bit. It's um, it was funnier than I thought it was. I didn't play it as a kid. Right. I played it when I got older. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, man, I wish I... Well, the multiplayer of it was actually pretty game. crazy because it had, like, a multiplayer where it was split four screen like it was with Goldeneye. Okay. But you'd have, like, one character that, like, threw knives and one guy had, like, a flamethrower. And it was actually pretty diverse with what you could do and everything. And then it had some really weird game modes. Like, one of them, you were an immigrant trying to cross the border. <laughs> And you, and then you were the, on the other side. You were the guards trying to murder them before they got there. <laughs> it was super weird. Did you ever play Perfect Dark? It I did like a little a, bit. Yeah, that and, and the Turok. multiplayer was just a knockoff of, of 007, but yeah. But it had laptops you could put up <coughs> in, the, in the corners. I don't think I played it enough to really remember that, but I know I yeah. did for sure. Like all those ones, like Turok, you know, mm-hmm. the one where it's just like, hey, it's like. Those other games, but there's dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and you're instead whatever shooting, you are. I don't know. Instead you are. of shooting Nazis, you shoot dinosaurs. Yeah, well, Nazis was Wolfenstein, right? Yeah. Were you shooting Nazis in Goldeneye? I guess you were, right? You had to have been. Yeah, nope. Did you know that that game began, became? You probably don't know anything about this, but I'll mention it anyways. Are you uh, familiar with speedrunning? Um, yeah, for games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Goldeneye was one of the very first games to be. Uh, sp- Speed run. Yeah, because it run. had different uh, things you could unlock based on how fast you beat certain missions and stuff, right? That's true, but it was mostly because it had a very accurate internal clock for the missions. It would mm-hmm. always give you the exact time on it, and a lot of games didn't have that. They just didn't care how quickly you beat something, but for whatever reason, they programmed it that way. So all the way till this day, there's like a very avid community of people that speed run the game. And the way that they run it is so crazy. Like they have all of the AI memorized and they actually even know that they can move faster depending upon where their screen is actually pointed. So they'll go through levels looking at the ground based on having it memorized and then they'll just pop up to do to one shot whatever enemies they can't get around or whatever and like or shoot off a lock or open a door or whatever. That's too much. It's 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 actually almost uncomfortable to watch because you're yeah, seeing you that this person is like memorized it to a degree where, that you don't even know what's going on mm-hmm. unless you're another fellow speedrunner that knows that particular level. Yeah, it's nuts. It's There's that um, that new game, Outer Worlds. It's supposed to be like a 12-hour just base game, and then there's a bunch of expansions, right? Yeah. Uh, <coughs> Some guy beat it in four and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah, he must have glitched the hell out of that game. Though. Yeah, it's, well, he found, um, I don't know, there's a way that you can just run basically past everybody straight to the main bad guy and grab the key that you need and run right back to your ship. <laughs> it's ridiculous when people can figure that stuff out. Yeah. Apparently, the, I don't know, did you ever play any of the Pokemon games? Occasionally, yeah. When I get bored, I'll download them on my phone. The the Pokemon games were some of the most like buggy games that ever 
came out. Yeah. Because they were very, they were like a kind of a, a hard thing to pull off on Game Boy, which they were originally came out on, you know, mm-hmm. like that's a lot of things to program into it. <clears throat> and, and I guess they almost scrapped the first game because it was just so buggy. But they they band-aided and uh, band-aided it enough together to to release it. But I guess they all have kind of been that way. People know the bugs so well that they can literally like bug themselves into any map, spawn any any Pokemon, duplicate any item. Like all of it's been figured out on like the back end of the programming. That and stuff it's, blows my mind. It's super weird to watch, but that's. I find it interesting just because of like how passionate someone can be about this game that mm-hmm. came out 30 years ago and figuring out all of the eccentricities of it so they can beat it. Like there's one guy that I watch on Twitch that speedruns all the Mega Man X games. Yeah. And just how crazy he knows every level so perfectly that he can get through it like in like you know, sometimes a minute, thirty seconds, or whatever, on a level that I would probably die thirty times trying mm-hmm. to get through. I don't know; it's weird, especially games like Ninja Gaiden. Did you ever play that on the original Super bit. Nintendo? It was too hard for my. It's basically brain. impossible. Yeah. yeah, like that game infuriated me when I see someone speed run, and I'm like, I could hard, I couldn't beat this game if I tried, mm-hmm. and you're beating it in like record pace. It's crazy. Like, it way too easy. Yeah, yeah. like the guys that. Beat Super Mario in <coughs> four minutes, whatever, five minutes. Yeah, but they what they do actually is they do frame perfect stuff. Have you ever heard of the concept of frame perfect? No. The game itself actually loads <clears throat> the animation in frames, right? Mm-hmm. Refreshing mm-hmm. frames, especially in the older ones like eight bit. Mm-hmm. You know. So they would find bugs and things like that. You that you literally have to get to a point of the map. At a specific, and have your character at a specific frame to bug the game out. If you don't do it at that exact frame, it won't it work. Won't. And they do it to like clip through walls, that's how to, they run like end, map and end, end levels quick, quicker, all kinds of weird craziness. And it will shave off like fractions of a second so they can get the new record or whatever. It's strange. I've watched that too. And again, that's that's one where it's almost hard to watch. The only time that I can usually watch ones that are that intricate is if there's someone explaining it to me. Like, here's yeah. what they're actually doing so that you aren't just like, huh? <laughs> well, that was quick. Why did he just slide through that wall and then the game was over? Stuff yeah. like that. Like, do you ever play any of the Half-Life games? Uh-huh. Do you ever play Portal? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you play Counter-Strike? A little bit. Okay, because they're all kind of from the same game engine, the Half-Life game engine, and it was like it was really super innovative when they came out with it. But one of the things that it did is it, it introduced this like item grabbing thing you can do, and yeah. it, the, the item would basically just float in front of you and yeah. actually looked pretty ridiculous. But it was super innovative when it happened because it allowed kind of unique interactions that didn't happen before. But people found ways of using that to manipulate the gra- gravity of the game. So if they grabbed something, dropped and grabbed it again, they could like go up the sides of walls and stuff like that and Jesus. bug out on the top of maps and weird stuff like that. <sighs> I guess it's fun to watch. Yeah, but uh, do that with Halo and multiplayer, find little corners that are like, yeah. technically off the map and all of a sudden this rocket just comes out of nowhere yeah I'm sure there was plenty of that I, I never got super into Halo because again I sucked at consoles and all my friends played it so I would play it just because they were but I would never ever win and it would infuriate me yeah we used to have in a room like a maybe a fifth the size of this we'd put 16 people downstairs at Bobby's house 
Yeah. And uh, we'd have four TVs and we'd play <coughs> eight on eight or four on four on four and just... That was when you were daisy-chaining systems together. Though, yeah. Right? yeah, with uh, Landline or whatever. The... Yeah. Was that two then? No, it was... Um... It was the first one, I think, because it, it was Chiron was the map we always played. Uh, nice. Yeah, that that game got pretty chaotic when you started playing it online because they'd have tons of people on it. It reminds me of Battlefield. Did you ever play the Battlefield mm-hmm. games? I couldn't get into Battlefield because like, I'd be like running along, and then i get blown up by a plane, shot by a helicopter, mm-hmm. sniped. I'm just like, I can't keep track of these... 500 people that are on this map and you know in different vehicles and stuff everywhere it's insane yeah you some squad of like five people at least yeah and then you got a guy on the hill that's a sniper you got a mortar guy you got a yeah you have to literally have create a, squad, a, a strategy an army strategy yeah I, I have a couple <coughs> buddies um they're customers here and uh they were in the military and so they'll message me and be like hey we're playing battlefield do you want to hop on with me and my buddies and I'm like yeah yeah, and they just—they just. They just Are you wait. decent at it though? No, I just run around like an idiot, and these guys just wait till the fucking people come out of nowhere to kill me, and they're like, "Oh, hold on, there you go." Like I'll watch. A Do guy most come of them around camp the though? To be fair, is a lot of camping. Well, they're sniping. Yeah, and they have mortars. I mean, it makes sense as a strategy, but it always bothered me as, also as a strategy. You're sniping. You're supposed to camp. That's, That's what true. you do. That is true. That's. I mean, literally what. You, as a sniper, yeah, that's, where, that's, lay on the that's, ground I, that's why I never really liked sniping. I like to be the guy that would like they're hunkered down somewhere, and I'd come up behind them and shoot them in the back of the yeah. head with a machine gun or something like that. Yeah. That's what I enjoyed doing. Yeah, that's that's what I'm out there doing, swinging oh, around right. while the sniper's covering my ass. When I there you go. Yeah, very nice. That's why they're nice to have around. That's true. Uh, so we have a little like short interview portion of the podcast where we can just get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Uh, they've kind of already got to know you a little bit. You know, video games, drugs, <laughs> sports. Yes. All is that very, exciting? All very important. That's all you like, right? Just those yeah, I mean, I tried to play uh, music, but I wasn't good at it. Oh, yeah? What did you play? I tried to play the bass guitar. How do you try to do it? Like, you just, just never got good at it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had one. And then I would use it to play it uh, for the credit at school. And then I wouldn't play it at home. Oh, so you just didn't enjoy it. Well, I mean, I still, like, I had fun occasionally just strumming along, but it wasn't like... Did you know, aspire to, to be in a band yeah. or anything? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just got annoyed lugging that fucking guitar around. Yeah. <laughs> that bass guitar. Fair enough. So, um... Could have been worse. At least it wasn't a stand-up bass. Yeah. Uh, what kind of music class allowed you to do that? Because I thought most music classes were either like basic string in- instruments, drums, or well, like you're brass to bring instruments. It, man. Her parents bought it, so. Hmm. Um, it was <coughs> Evergreen Junior High Orchestra. Orchestra? You played a you played a bass guitar in orchestra. Mm-hmm. You're probably the only one, right? Uh, no, there was two of us. So really? I was playing the bass guitar and the girl playing the stand up. That's <laughs> weird. Yeah. Did anyone have like an actual drum kit in the um, orchestra? I think it was the school's drum set that we that he used in that class. That seems weird for orchestra, but all right, that's cool. It didn't matter. You, yeah, you guys were all just <laughs> playing like Christmas carols and yeah. shit, right? It, it didn't was, matter. Anyway. Yeah, it was pretty much. It was Mary had a little lamb, and it was there was band that was doing all sorts of cool stuff, yeah. and then there was the orchestra kids mm-hmm. that were like. Well, I mean, we never played any of this shit before, but apparently we need it for a credit, so. <laughs> yeah, now in schools they're probably playing, like, meme songs and stuff. Probably. 
weird stuff like that. They probably don't even have to learn how to play the recorder. Lucky bastards. I think that's still a thing. I have kids Is in it? school, and I'm pretty sure that they still torture parents with those things. I mean, I guess it's a cheap instrument that teaches you how to read sheet music, but... I don't know. Yeah, I think I think what the motivator is is the first thing you said. Cheap instrument. Mm-hmm. They don't care what it sounds yeah. like. They don't care that it sounds like a like a pigeon being fucked to death or something. You know, it just sounds yeah. horrible. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Even when you play it, as good as someone can play it, it sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard some of those meme songs where they, like, play, like... The Titanic song yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. It's funny in those instances because it's intentionally horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the idea is that it's terrible. Because <coughs> that's what I did with... There's um, a horrible... I had a hat. A great song. I had a, a hat that Not blew into the ocean. One of my B-Hood hats. Actually, my very first B-Hood hat that I had ever bought blew into the ocean in Mexico. So I so I took that recorder Titanic song and, and put it in the back of a photo of it sinking into the <laughs> ocean nice. or whatever nice. and uh it made me laugh and yeah. then i That's actually i've done support. multiple hat things for for whatever reason i did another stupid one where um uh, i had this old hat that was like like i know you like to wear hats too uh not as much as me because i'm bald and i need to um but I had this old hat that was, like, falling apart. It was all faded and everything, but I really liked it. And mm-hmm. I tried for the longest time to, like, find another one of that exact same hat, and I could not find it. So I ended up getting two hats to replace it because it was two-tone. It had, like, gray on the front, and then it was black on the back. Okay. Right? Uh, so I ended up getting two hats to replace it, a black hat and a gray hat. So um, I made, like, a farewell collage of photos of, of all the times all the pictures of me of wearing, wearing that, that hat, hat. and nice. then I did that one song from the Fast and the Furious by Wiz Lakifa and stuff or whatever mm-hmm. you probably don't know what I'm talking about I don't think I know that it was the one that they used uh, to send off that guy that died that was from the Fast and the Furious movies that I can't think of his name. I'll probably link it to you, and though you won't think it's funny as I do. <laughs> but it, I, well, I did it as a joke. But when I watched it, I actually kind of got a little sad, like because the song is about like somebody who died, died, you know, yeah. and and and, uh, and you're taking that and making it about a hat. Yeah. Does that make me a bad person? No. 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 It's still at my house. It's technically not even gone. I could wear it <laughs> if I wanted to. <laughs> I just retired it. You know, it's like a jersey you hang up on the. On the rafters or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They still do that, right? Yeah, well, yeah, they just hung up Kobe's jersey in uh, Philadelphia. Oh, I wouldn't have even thought about that, but yeah. They hung up his Lower Marion High School jersey. And don't they retire the number usually when they do that? Um, <coughs> I heard that Most of the time, of yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if a team puts your jersey in the rafters, I don't think anybody gets to wear that uniform. That's why Boston's running out of numbers. Because everyone keeps dying in Boston. Uh, they keep having, no. <laughs> well, they had so many, like, uh, you know, uh, Bill Russell was number six, so he can't be number six. Bob Cousy was number three, I think, so he can't be number three. Uh, you know, Larry Bird's number's retired. Robert Parrish's number's retired. Uh, yeah, they're going to have to start using letters. Yeah, what do you do? Or Roman numerals. Or doing or halves. So, like, yeah. you know, Bron- LeBron's kid is 23 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to have to, like... 23 plus 1? They're like, if you are related to this person, if you can prove their lineage, then yeah, you can Yeah, or if you can get a letter of, of, uh, 
of approval from that person. Well, if they're dead, well, then you can't get that letter. And you can't That'd be tough. That. Yeah, you'd have to get it from their power of attorney or mm-hmm. whatever. Like yeah. <laughs> their, their current relative that bestows over their estate or whatever. Like when Jerry Rice came and played for the Seahawks. Yeah. Steve Largent's number was retired, but he still was number 80 because Steve Largent called him and was like, you can, you can definitely use that. But wow. Fine. You know some facts, man. You know They're them. all useless. Well, from what I've known, I would imagine they're all regarding <laughs> Washington and Northwest teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I hosted trivia, <coughs> and uh, you learn a lot of dumb shit when you host trivia. Oh yeah, that's true. I like trivia though. I like the fact that it's called trivial. You know, kind of makes sense because mm-hmm. like I pride myself in knowing a lot about things that you probably like shouldn't trivial. care about knowing. You know, right. like kind of pointless stuff. Like we'll play like uh, seen it or whatever, mm-hmm. and it'll be a movie that I've like never seen, but I've seen enough of it in pop culture to still be able to right. answer the question. And my friends that I play with are like, "What? How do you know that? That's so weird." And I'm just like, "How do you not know it?" Like it's weirder to me that they don't know, you know, who Spinderella is or whatever, you know. I'm like, how do you not know who Spinderella is? Yeah, she was a third member of Salt and Pepper. Like yeah. everyone, knows everyone that. knows that. Yeah, fuck you. How dare you? Uh, disrespect. That's you so know, much you know who Spinderella, yeah. Spinderella is. Of course you do. Uh, I wanted her name to be something else, though. Salt and Pepper and then, like, uh-huh. Paprika or, like, Cumin. Well, and you probably can be, like, Salt, Pepper, and Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> grinder, sure, yeah, that would work, too. It's just a dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dude wearing a bow tie and a mm-hmm. Speedo. That wouldn't be bad. I'll send them a suggestion on Twitter yeah, about that or something. Like, hey, they manage their own Twitter, don't they? Probably. <laughs> when was the last time they released an album? Can they afford to pay somebody to handle their Twitter? You'd be surprised on, like, how long people can ride off of something yeah. small in Hollywood. It's weird. I was reading something about it recently where it's like... Oh, I remember what it was. You know Twisted Sister? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the lead singer guy? You know the... Um, I can't yeah. remember his name. Um, I can see his face. But yeah, anyways. I was watching a YouTube video, and apparently his wife wanted him to... Uh, wanted him to write her a Christmas song, right? So he wrote her a Christmas song because that's what she wanted. He did mm-hmm. it begrudgingly because he's that's what twisted was. sister. He's uh-huh. not, he doesn't like to do Christmas songs. And then I think it actually got made and everything. I don't think he was in it. I think his wife sung it. And, uh, but apparently someone heard it and liked it and wanted to put it on Celine Dion's Christmas album like years ago. And it ended up being like the the highest selling Christmas album ever that had his song on it and he said so they want it for celine's album and they were like "Uh uh-huh he was like does she know who wrote it and they were like i don't think so and he was like don't tell her who wrote it (laughs) and apparently he made a lot of money off of that one song that he put on her like super hugely successful album one of my favorite um well just music stories in general uh michael jackson was talking to paul mccartney (laughs) I've heard this one oh, about how to, how to invest. And uh, Paul McCartney gave him the advice. He's like, you should buy rights to music that you can then use to sell in commercials and things like that and capitalize on. So then Michael Jackson went and bought the entire Beatles catalog and started making money off of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually really funny. And and when Paul McCartney mentioned that he said that to Michael Jackson, he said that Michael Jackson told him after he said that, I'm going to buy your music. 
<laughs> and then he was, I was like, tell me that Paul McCartney did a Michael Jackson voice. <laughs> he probably didn't. <laughs> but then he was like, ha, ha, ha. just thought he was joking, and then he did and end he went, up buying his music, their music, when the time came for it to go up to auction or whatever, which mm-hmm. has to feel like garbage as an artist right. to have to bid to get your, your own, own music, back. music back. It's like oh, garbage, but. I mean, I'd understand if all the members of the band were dead or something, you know, but like. If if my uncle dies and I'm his only living heir, well, his shit comes to me. Mm. So shouldn't my music then come to me? The problem is that it was never their property to begin with. They always had garbage deals and everything. That's what they did. That's what Motown did. I don't mm. know if you heard anything about Motown. Just giving people like 20 bucks to like own them mm. and then pay them nothing. Or and here's r- five bucks, write a song for Elvis. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> man. But I'm glad that that's changed a bit because people now have the power to release their own stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's a it's a little bit easier for them to negotiate and stuff because like I could just throw it on Spotify or SoundCloud and probably make a good amount of money on it. So go fuck yourself. Give mm-hmm. me an actual good deal. So I wonder if they make a lot less money than they used to. Uh, probably. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to look at their books. I mean, obviously, even the way that they market it is different now because people don't buy CDs or records as much anymore. You know, now they're buying individual songs off of, you know, stuff or they're getting ad revenue off of plays on these services and all that stuff. That's why I take take my phone and I'll just put it on it like when I'm here at work and I'm not on the road. I'll just put Harry's album on Spotify. I'll just play it on a loop. That's very sweet. To try to give him as much of the $9 a month or whatever it is to Harry. (laughs) Nine dollars a month. What does that mean for a premium? Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. If I couldn't make playlists, I wouldn't have any. It's a very sweet sentiment. Well, I want to give my money to at least one of my friends. You have an album on there? I'll play your album. (laughs) I'll let you know when I have one. It's probably not going to be anytime soon. I mean, you can produce your own stuff though. There's a. Do you remember Zach Lyman? Yeah. Uh, He made his own album on Pandora, right? Yeah. And I went and listened to it, and I'm pretty sure he didn't record it in front of an audience. It was just into a microphone. So there was no, like, la- audience just... laughter or anything. So it just, it felt a little weird to listen to, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, you vibe off of that when it comes to comedy and stuff like that. So I was just like, am I just hearing him talk, telling his jokes to himself? Like, what's going on right now? Yeah. And then I heard from Chris Army, he said, he has the number one comedy track on, on Pandora. And I was like... How is that possible? Yeah. I don't think that's true. (laughs) Like, I didn't want to be mean, and I didn't even say it, actually. I just thought it inside my own head. I was just like, no, no, I don't know. I don't think so. (coughs) But, you know, what do I know? Maybe for a certain, there's probably, like, if you you narrow down um, the, the search, you know, to, like, find the number one. The number one song people that yeah, have it's like, Zach and London. It's the number one. Yeah, it's the number yeah. one laugh a uh, comedy track uh, with an artist whose name starts with a Z. Ah. that would still be a pretty who's decent born, achievement, honestly. Who's born on a Thursday <laughs> in 1983? I'm gonna manipulate the numbers. You know what? Like, mind you can out. make the numbers look like whatever you want. That's true. And and what's funny is about the like Billboard and stuff like that. A lot of the times. Uh, you know, Billboard's always changing, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes somebody will, will release an album and it has, like, its little blip of popularity or whatever. So so then you'll see, like, Jamie Kennedy at the Spokane Comedy Club and it'll be like, number one Billboard record comedy album, mm-hmm. even though it was only up at number one the day it released and, and then, then it went to 
the Shot bottom off. and no one will ever see it again. You know, sorry, Jamie Kennedy. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I'm just using him as an example. Right. But I just think those kinds of things are funny. Which is still an achievement, really, mm-hmm. if you think about it. No, and it's still, hey, good for you. You released an album. It was top of billboards for, you know, three days or whatever it was. Better than the album hours. I've ever released. Right. you got to get so, on that. Yeah. When's your album coming out? Whenever, what, 18 what, what years would you, What now? would you name your album, if you had to name it now? Um, Human Garbage. There you go. It's not bad. Do you have any jokes about that, or is that just like an inside joke? It's just, uh, I'm Human Garbage. <laughs> well, well, let's learn. And then, let's and then learn. My, my next album would be uh, uh, People Trash. There you go. Just that. keep it go down, going down that way until people don't understand what you're even saying mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like Humanoid... Yeah, humanoid, uh, <laughs> humanoid, fucking rust bucket or something. Rust bucket. I was trying to think of it, discardings or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah. All right, so I just want to ask uh, the interview questions before okay. I, before we get back to talking about random things, which is fine. Uh, what do you do? Uh, eat ice cream and cry a lot. Uh, do people oh. pay you to do that? Um, no, I do uh, outside sales uh, for an HVAC wholesaler. That's cool. Yeah. I have a lot of friends in HVAC, actually. It's there in Arizona. I think it's more profitable there. It's profitable everywhere, man. Is it? Yeah. It's just a good gig? Yeah. Yeah. You ever talk to somebody who doesn't have air conditioning or doesn't have heat in the winter? <laughs> I have. They're pretty miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It> Comfort is, <laughs> is uh, number one demand most of the time. As soon as you get that roof over your head, you're like, what do I do next? Oh, yeah, i got to make this inside comfortable. That's true. Yeah. So... That's the reason why they have the things like the moratorium around this area and stuff. Well, they, the way they get you is they keep saying like, oh, your technology is obsolete now. you got to go to this more expensive shit. That's true. Yeah, I was hearing something about that because I have a friend actually who does the same thing, but he does he does mostly in-floor stuff, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is probably what most of you guys do as well. Well, we can, yeah, we have It's that. more of a Northwest thing to do it all through the floors. Because when I was in Arizona, everything was run through the ceilings. Mm-hmm. Nothing was through the floor. Well, because most of the time you're producing cooling and cool, and cool air drops, right? That's so, true. Yeah. So you want the vents to come from the top because if they come from the bottom, the cool air just stays on the ground. Science. Uh-huh. All right. That's sense. why here where we normally have heat is the most common reason why you have you know, ducting, mm. uh, you put the ducts on the bottom. Some fancier people <coughs> in the state of Washington have vents on top and vents on the bottom and dampers to shut them down during the season. By fancy, you mean rich, right? Uh, yes, wealthy, yes. No. Oops, right. sorry. It's, a, it's an interesting way of doing it, right? They're fancy with all that money mm-hmm. and all that wine drinking. Yeah. They only shop at Costco, right? So all that. They, they have mead. Mead? Oh, you drink mead? I thought that shit was like pirate stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that and like Vikings and shit. Yeah, but it's just, I mean, it's just like, um, it's like prison wine, kind of. Fancier prison wine. Where do you get mead <laughs> from? Do you have to go to mead to get mead? No, I'm sure. Uh, you there probably get mead, mead from, uh, yeah, there's Mead Washington just yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah. Um, it was named after him. Huckleberries and like uh, Fresh Market or whatever it's called over there off of. Not Yolks Fresh Market. What's the, um, oh, what's the place over by Kendall Yards? It's like a fancy vegan grocery store, basically. World Market, maybe? Is that what yeah, about? Uh, maybe. Um, but they probably have mead for sale. Right next to kombucha. Is it, is it like the rich man's uh, moonshine? Yeah, pretty much. Kind of? Yeah. It's like moonshine wine. Moonshine wine. Yeah. That sounds like we should open up our own 
restaurant called Moonshine Wine or like a bar or something. (laughs) Don't sell moonshine or wine there. (laughs) We came for the moonshine, he came to the wrong place. Yeah, we don't have moonshine or wine. We only sell IPAs or whatever. And mead. I didn't even know what IPAs were until I got here because I had never been much of a drinker. So I remember people, like, when I started doing, there's a lot of things with comedy that when you're listening to it, you, you, you'll you start to understand the references. People used to say PBR a lot, and I had mm. no fucking idea what that was. I actually asked someone, what's what's PBR? Why do people, people keep bringing it up? And they're like, Pabst Blue Ribbon, it's like a, like a cheap beer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want uh, a ribbon in 19... 19- <clears throat> 14 or some shit. Yeah. Or 1872. So, like. And there's one thing I kind of want to make a bit out of, but it seems a little hacky because I've seen other bits like it, but it was my genuine thought or whatever, um, where I, I noticed that, like, no comics were, like, driving. They all were, like, getting Ubers and taking uh, and, like, walking and things like that. They and I was like, wow, these are all vi- environmentally conscious guys. Like, they're all, they must really, like, be trying to save the environment. No. They could. They weren't allowed legally to yeah. drive. They have a DUI, DUI or, but or that's just how naive it. I was. I was just like, why does no one drive the Duke does comedy? That's weird. Mm-hmm. But I was just that green. Do I didn't know that they were all alcoholics and yep. fucking up their lives a bit. <laughs> yeah, I man, I used to drink and drive all the time, and uh, somehow I escaped without a DUI. And, wow. Yeah, you're like a fucking unicorn yeah or a virgin unicorn well i guess if i'm a virgin unicorn does that make a <laughs> never mind somebody who has a dui uh, a non-virgin unicorn no they're like a fucking mule slutty mule. oh so once okay if you you okay. lose your horn once you lose your horn <laughs> once they pop that unicorn cherry yeah you, you, everything just falls to shit you go from this majestic you. beast yep. to this trash can. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, you could follow my weird improv I was going for. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> you used to, you did, you've done improv, right? Mm-mm. Really? Mm-mm. The, mo- the closest I've ever got to doing improv was the drinking debates. Huh. So you've never even popped in at Blue Door and done one of their mm-hmm. fucking... I've gone and watched shows. Jams. I've gone and watched shows and stuff, but... Just doesn't I intrigue if, you? No, I asked if I could do it without doing their class, and they're like, no. Really? Mm-hmm. You got the shaft then, dude. Because (laughs) you know how they do that jam on Mondays or whatever sometimes? Or do you not know about that? Uh Uh-uh. It might be something new. Because I also looked at the classes and I was like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to pay money to have someone teach me how to pretend I'm a fucking, you know, safari guide or some shit. Like, I can already do that. I used to be a kid. I can remember pretending. Like, I don't need to do that I'm not going to pull Michael Scott and just pull out a gun and shoot everybody. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Um... But they started doing this Monday jam thing, which were like, anybody can show up and just do improv at the gym. Oh, okay. And it's led by one of the Blue Door guys. And apparently, Phil Husted was going, and he uh, started having Kelton Milhouse go with him. And Kelton Milhouse, they wanted to make him one of the players. Oh, really? He went and did that, and they were like, yeah, do you want to sign on with us and be one of the players or whatever? And he's like, I would, but I'm in the Army, and I have to leave. That sucks. Yeah, and also Alex was talking to him about starting to host there. So his comedy career was about to skyrocket, but he was like, sorry, I already committed my life to the Army. Maybe later. Yeah. 
He also had to lose a bunch of weight to not get kicked out of the army, which I didn't know was a thing. Jesus, yeah. That's... And I saw him after he like did his way in to not get kicked out of the army, and apparently yeah. he had de- dehydrated the fuck out of himself to be able to meet the cutoff, which he did do. But I thought he was drunk, but he wasn't. He was, like, going to die, <laughs> like, dehydrated. Like, he was so out of it, and I felt real bad for him. But I like that dude. Hope yeah, he comes back. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I I showed up. I there was a, there was like a competition between two of the Blue Door like regular groups, mm-hmm. um, and then two groups from like one group was from LC and the other group was from uh, North Central, and it was high school kids. So there's two teams of high school kids versus two teams of mixed age adults, okay. and uh, the mixed age adults won. But it was I don't know it was pretty fun. Did you I watch just, that like at a college or something? No, it was at the Blue Door. Oh, that's cool. And that's when I asked them, I was like, hey, can I do this without taking your class? And they were like, no, you have to take the class. So I don't think they offered that Monday yeah. jamboree show. I don't think that they I don't think it, they do it all the time either. I think yeah. I think it might be something that maybe they do to drum up interest in the, yeah. in the place. Because like, a lot of people want to do improv, but might not necessarily want to watch it. But if you go and do it a little bit and see what they're doing, then maybe you'll be more interested in popping in at a show. But maybe that's me like attributing motive to their... Yeah. Show. Yeah. But speaking of that, though, what would you say are your hobbies? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get Bradley into RC race cars. That's cool. I had a friend that, that did that a lot. Or uh, or slot track, you know, the slot track cars. Yeah. yeah they're hard to find these days. Yeah. They're expensive. Yeah, yeah. But I think it'd be a lot of fun to have races against Bradley. It would be cool. And it's cool because you have to be really light with the trigger or mm-hmm. else fly right off the track. Mm-hmm. Those are actually really cool. I had a friend that, that had a bunch of those because he worked like at a uh, resale store for a while, you know, where okay. like, at first people donated, like but then he stopped, doing, he stopped doing donations and he would instead um, pick, like, he would buy, like, storage units and buy, like, um, from, like, what are the, what is the, the houses? Yeah. People, uh, um, foreclosures? Sales. Estate sales? Yeah, estate sales. He'd buy, he'd get, like, the remnants of estate sales, buy up, um, storage units, and he'd come up with crazy stuff. Yeah. He'd get, like, boxes of those, like, tracks and stuff like that. So he has, like, hundreds of feet of that stuff and all kinds of cars, and he'll rebuild them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the way you need to go about it, like, try and snipe. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just keep going to Spokane discount until I yeah. find. Are there any auction houses around Spokane? I think so. Yeah, um, one of that my be a good one of my buddies from high school used to do. He'd go and buy uh, um, storage units and stuff. You can get cheap RC cars that are probably broken or whatever, but they're super expensive it's, otherwise. And then you mm-hmm. piece them back together. I would recommend if that's what you really want to do with with Bradley or whatever. Then uh, I just know he likes to race stuff. And then there's all there's that. Um, uh, that dirt RC race car track right there off Sullivan. Yeah. If you get one of the gas thing? ones, those are legit too. Yeah. Have you seen that place? I have not. It's awesome. Yeah. Now you, it's like um, an elevated, there's a um, platform you stand on, so you got like an overhead view of the track. Yeah, I've seen places like that yeah, for sure. When cool. I, uh, in Arizona, one of my um, ladies that like babysit me when I was little or whatever, her, her husband would like do like the legit hundred dollar, three hundred dollar like uh, gas RC cars, the ones that like if you crash them they would explode into pieces, like because yeah. that's how fast they were going. And I would see him like pinstriping it in his kitchen and stuff like that, you know, peeling off the tape and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just so it would get literally ruined the next time he used it, you know, mm-hmm. like because that's how fast they go. But it sounds cool though to me. Yeah, I had a boss when I worked at um, Huppins in the warehouse. 
Um, he he and his kid, they all they did was RC race cars, and I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to kick my kid's ass. Oh, you got a cool race, RC race car? You'll, yours will never be as good as mine because I have the money. <laughs> did you ever think about getting him a, like a Power Wheels? Yeah, um, he's, uh, <coughs> his cousin has a Power Wheel, and he's he's currently for some reason intimidated by it, but. Oh, okay. He probably just needs to try it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I just keep throwing him in there and showing him which pedal to slam, but... Yeah, because um, that's another thing that my friend did. He kind of did all of that stuff, and he would, like, collect those as well, because he just would come across them a lot mm-hmm. from going to auctions, buying storage units, things like that. But what he would do is he would not only get them, but he would rebuild them to make them faster. Mm-hmm. So he had, like, ones where they where they were supposed to only go, like five miles per hour or whatever but he'd kick them up to like 20 some of them they'd pop a wheelie when you first got on it and stuff like that and you could do like crazy donuts in them and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so my uh who's now five-year-old he used to go and grip and rip around in those with them and it's pretty fun (laughs) that's awesome yeah (sighs) so that's 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 an aspire hobby you aspire to yeah uh but i mean i golf a lot do you probably more than i should probably more than i can afford really but um like driving or full on like, like driving ranges or like full on doing eighteen holes. Eighteen holes. <coughs> uh, actually, I don't go to the driving range as often as I should because I try to save my money for an actual round. Yeah. Um, Is that something you grew up with, or did you find that in adulthood, or what? Um, I, my dad tried to take me a couple times when I was a kid, but um, he got tired of trying to watch me and also swing the club and babysit, so he yeah. stopped taking me. So it's something you came across honestly as an adult, then, mm-hmm. right? Fair enough. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm I'm like uh, interested in golfing, but just because from like Tiger Woods golf and yeah. stuff like that on like the PlayStation. Well, that's yeah, that's why I wanted to play. Oh yeah. I mean, I was like, God, it's more fun to be out on a course doing this, right? Plus, especially when I turned 21. Was it actually that's when I really more fun, got on the? Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, it's a lot more fun. Did you ever go out to the one that uh, Austin worked at? In the Sandpoint. Uh, which one was that? I don't know. I just know that he worked there and another guy that did comedy for a little bit. They both worked out there on that course. I'm trying to think of the name of the course out there. But... I don't think so. I mean, at least I never saw him when I was out at any courses up there. Fair uh, enough. What would you say are your dreams? What do you aspire to? <clears throat> Man, I don't know where you're going so deep. Uh, you know, it could be something superficial and stupid. I don't care. Yeah, my dream would be to get paid to do stand-up comedy or at least write, you know, um, sit in a room and just bullshit with people, make sketches. Yeah. Um, maybe act. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen the stuff that you've acted in. I think you have the chops. Oh, thanks. I, I, personally. Uh, I had a, at the last <laughs> time we did... Um, have you taken any acting classes? Uh, okay. um, just the stuff that Tom would teach me. Oh. Has he taken acting classes? I don't think so. Huh? Tom watches so many movies and stuff, man. Like, that guy could teach an acting class without having ever gone through one. Nice. Um, to take for sure. And, uh, yeah, so we did the Comedy Edition movie nights, which we had live sketches, which <coughs> I hadn't done, like, a live performance like that. Um, not including stand-up, you know, like, in a, since I was... Scripted in, thing. Yeah, since, yeah. like, elementary school. And uh, it was weird. I, but um, this little old lady came up to me and she's like, do you perform anywhere else? And I was like, no, that's, I mean, that's like, you should act. You were great. And I was like, oh, you want to have sex? That was great. Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> lady nice. being nice to me? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, like I talked to every time. Well, when I would when I was drinking, I would get drunk. Anytime I saw Danny Anderson, I was like, "Who's your agent?" <laughs> yeah, he's one of the few actual actors around mm-hmm. here. Yeah, well, maybe you can get it with stage left now that Kim's doing that. You could give that a yeah. shot. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Just yeah, yeah. Broaden like, the horizons, but they have a pretty demanding schedule as far as when you need to be rehearsal and stuff. Don't that's they? probably true. I don't know, but like, I mean, if I'm saying if you did like some plays and stuff, maybe you mm-hmm. can get it out there. Um, but from what I've seen from like the short movies you guys did for like those festivals and stuff, I always thought you were like the best Thanks. of the people. Like, I felt like um, you and Adam Lee were pretty <laughs> decent. He's so funny. I, I love Adam Lee. I don't care what anybody says. Uncle Fester's the man. <laughs> or do a lot of people talk shit about him? No. Uh, oh, okay. Just no, well, because anymore nobody knows who he is. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't come around all that mm-hmm. much. But when he does, he does that fucking butthole joke that I like. <laughs> He's like, back in my day, we <laughs> you finish your butthole or whatever. <laughs> that one cracks me up. <clears throat> the first show um, I ever got a chance to host... Um, was when the Spokane Comedy Club, not any affiliation with this Spokane Comedy Club. Um, there was another one? Yeah, there was one. Uh, I want to say there were, <coughs> it was two years, three years before the Spokane Comedy Club came. Yeah. Um, and it was out of the tailgater across the street from the arena. It's okay. now a bingo hall. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen that, yeah. Um, it was a small venue. Yeah, there was just a little room like about this big. Yeah. Um, and the first show I ever got to host was uh, Adam Lee and his dad. Nice. And, uh, like, I know, there wasn't the support group that we have in this scene now. Yeah. Back then. Like, they just, they were like, hey, you're hosting. And I was like, cool, what do I do? And they're like, you host. Oh, okay. So, um, so I went up and I was super nervous and uh, like I'd been drinking a lot and I tried to be sober because I was like this is the first time you know I'm like in a professional setting right so I did my first sober set on my first time hosting for Adam and his dad and uh, I was like alright you guys ready for your next comic give it up for your next presenter Adam Lee and I was like presenter what the fuck why did I say presenter <laughs> so I walk off stage um, Adam kind of looks at me weird because I just called him a presenter and uh, I walk over and uh, Adam's dad comes up to me and goes, uh, presenter, huh? I was like, yeah, I don't know what that was, man. And he just kind of, he kind of giggles and walks away. And Adam's mom comes up to me and she goes, you better not call my husband a presenter. And I was like, I promise I won't say presenter. I won't say presenter. So I'm sitting there. I'm nervous as shit. You know, I've heard of Jay Wendell Walker cause he's a legend. That's Adam's dad. And <coughs> yeah, I'm sitting there in the corner. I'm like, don't say presenter. Don't say presenter. I hop up there and I was like, give it up for Adam Lee. All right, you guys want your next presenter? <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> God damn it! Whatever. Here he is, Jay Wendell Walker, and I. I look over at Adam's mom, and she like, man, she was seething. If looks could kill, as they say, she would have cut me into a million pieces. That's have you ever funny. seen the movie The Cube? Yes. Yes. You know when that wire mesh? I do. Yeah. yeah. I would have. Yeah. Just like that. Just fallen to pieces because she, dude, she was so mad. <sighs> But she she got over it. What's funny though is now like, she gets mad at me because I don't say hi. <laughs> from what I know about them, like they were with for them, like comedy was almost like like carnies, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day, you know, just like it was like family business, you know, mm-hmm. was was comedy, and they were gonna travel around and do it anywhere and everywhere that would allow, like allow them to do it and stuff. Like that's like that's trial by fire. You're gonna get funny. You're, you're gonna fucking 
yeah, that's getting real sick of it. That's why they're really good at crowd work. Yeah, them. for sure. Because they've done every garbage show probably mm-hmm. you can think of. And they've already, whatever you just heard, they've said that three times at least. Yeah. Like, man, that was real quick and off the top. Yeah. Well, the first time it was real quick and off the top. Now it's like the 7th, 8th, 20th time they've told it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just keep iron sharpens iron. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's a, that's one thing that I, I like from, because I listen to a lot of like comics talk about comedy and stuff like that on podcasts and stuff like that. And they all say that every experience, good or bad, gives you something that mm-hmm. you can use if you're willing to mm-hmm. interpret it the right way or whatever, you know? Or if you if you have the ability to interpret it the right way. Exactly, because there's some people that, like, everything, good or bad, it just kind of feeds their ego somehow, and they mm-hmm. don't actually get anything from it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, and I'll ask one more deep question for you. It's as, it's as deep as you want it to be. But what's one thing you think everyone should know about you? Like, um, like one takeaway from your life if somebody made like a documentary about you. The one takeaway from my, is that uh, I actually do want to talk to everybody. I just don't like talking to everybody. No, oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> that's actually that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I may look like I don't want to talk to anybody, but I'm still like, hey, why isn't anybody talking to me? <laughs> you want them to talk to you, but then you regret them mm-hmm. talking to you afterwards. I get it. Yeah. See, that's the that's a, that's a funniest thing, because um, I even hear, like, new comics talk uh, come and talk to me and stuff like that, and they go, like, I don't know what it is about the old comics, like, the people that have been doing it for a long time. They all look like they could care less about any of us, and they don't want us to talk to them, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going to attribute what anyone's actual feelings are, but I feel like everyone is really nice once you actually like, yeah. talk to them or whatever. I think it's just they're maybe you're intimidated or something. I don't know. Well, and I think a lot of that, um, you know, especially the guys like Harry, who's been doing it for a long time, he's he's seen a lot of people show up at open mics, right? And seen a lot of people stop showing up. Mm. So, I mean, if you want to stick around, you know, if you're going to be around for five. 10 years <coughs> come on over and introduce yourself you're not going to do this one time I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to search you out if you want to come over and talk let's talk yeah but yeah for the longest time I thought Jessica Watson didn't like me and I think that's just that's just Jessica Watson yeah she she, she seems like she doesn't like anybody yeah and, until you actually start talking to her then she'll just crack up and mm-hmm. she's an introverted extrovert or whatever they say right yeah like, yeah um introverted extrovert that's a good way of describing it um, but yeah, I think, um, especially it, it, like our scene is small enough that you really can't just be a dick and be like, fuck all you little guys, I don't care. You have to be somewhat inviting because we need more talent, right? For sure. Yeah. So it's not LA where there's 225 people signing up for the store's open mic. And, true. and of that 25 man list, <coughs> 16 of those names are probably already filled. (laughs) It's weird when someone stops doing comedy and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. You could have done something. Why are you, huh? What are you doing? Like, I keep fucking trying to find Ronan Dempsey because I really liked what he was doing and stuff. And I keep being like, stop fucking doing music, whatever you're doing. Come back and do the mics or whatever. But he he doesn't want to. He was at Tony's um, tribute show. Mm -hmm. Nah, he's a, like... 
I I saw him at roasts and all kinds of different stuff and like whether it was quick or it was written or whatever like I felt like he had something there mm-hmm. obviously everything needs to be nurtured and developed but yeah. I was just like yeah dude keep doing it and he was like thanks for saying that but probably not I don't know but he's on he's also like what 23 or something yeah. he's got plenty of time to fuck around and yeah. decide what he wants to do I wish I wish I would have known how much I enjoyed being on a stage and like Look at me! Uh, <laughs> I wish I'd have known how much I liked that when I was yeah. younger, so I could have tried to start moving in that direction to begin with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't have even considered it. No, me either. Yeah, I mean, I was I was a jock. I was made fun of the guys in the acting classes, but I was like secretly jealous. Like, man, I, I want to. But they they were doing like they're like well we did Shakespeare I'm like oh well we should do like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me be That'd cousin be hard Eddie. To pull off, but yeah. Let me be cousin Eddie. <laughs> That'd be cool. All right, so I think we've gotten to the storytelling time of the uh, of the podcast. Even though you already told me that one earlier about your friend, yeah, and mushrooms and stuff. Uh, and you guys were kids then, right? You were like seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah, Bobby could run far. I can't. I, I probably can't didn't believe, shoot him. He didn't I, want to murder a seven year old. I still can't believe our parents just like they're like, "Here's some mushrooms. Go lock yourselves in that cabin. You guys have a good day." <laughs> they dropped you off with uh, mushrooms, with a bunch like, of mushrooms, and like, like like a field trip. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, who's the oldest kid here? <clears throat> Bobby. Okay. <laughs> Bobby's the responsible one. Uh, that almost right. sounds like a movie where like a bunch of children take mushrooms. I don't think you could do that anymore, but I could see that as a movie like back in the day. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Mm. I mean, they... <clears throat> That's what cartoons are now these days. It's freaking crazy. You just couldn't have a watch. parent hand it to them. You That's know what I mean? True. Like, they would have to find, look what I found, and then they run away and, you know... Or take they, or they lick the toads or some shit, right? Yeah, or something. Yeah. You yeah. can work a way around it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how well that works. I've heard about it, but I never tried it. It's a certain type of toad. Actually, I did want to try fucking... Uh, I don't think you can just pick up any like bullfrog. And peyote. I wanted to try that shit because yeah. I lived in Arizona. And I like knew people that had peyote, but I was always very afraid of it because I heard that like it always made you sick. Like you always threw up mm-hmm. from my understanding of it. But after you throw up, it's supposed to be like just a crazy high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're like fucking fighting your spirit animal and shit. Uh-huh. Jim Morrison loved peyote. Did he? Uh-huh. Huh. You ever seen the movie The Doors? I have not. Uh, it's, it's actually from... Yeah, I, I used to love the Doors, and from that movie and like the, the books I read, it's actually a pretty accurate movie. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I heard the guy was an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulling his dick out and shit. Well, not that, that necessarily makes thumb through his pants. Is that what it was? That's the rumor. Ah, oh. that was his defense of <coughs> uh, indecency charges. That's less entertaining, mm-hmm. I guess. Maybe he just had a really small penis, so was he knew, he knew you choice. could he could convince you it was a thumb because it was pretty small. Yeah. I don't know. I, the, the rumor was he was hung like a horse. Oh, yeah. I heard that about Milton Berle as well. Did you hear that about Milton Berle? <laughs> no. Yeah, really? Yeah. Milton Berle's hung like a horse? I heard that, yeah. Oh, they well, good they for were him. saying that he just fucking had like a fucking hammer in his pants or some shit. Just a baby's arm holding an apple? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I heard that from, but like him specifically, they were like, yeah. Just fucking murdering people, splitting them in half. Broads, they probably call them. Splitting broads in two. It's just his PR department. Like, how can we make Milton like a cult classic? Let's just start spreading the room. He's got a huge dick. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. Most celebrities you don't really know, except for fucking that one guy who banged Pamela Anderson. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy Lee. Then you knew for sure. 
Well, yeah, if you watch the video, you know. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Or if, you know, if you heard from yeah. someone. And that was before Photoshop, and you're like, dude, is that guy using a Pringles can as a condom? What the <laughs> fuck? Out. What? Yeah. Yeah. How do they not last and look like love? You know, I don't know, man. I think. Uh, I'm just kidding. I think they could survive now in the world of open relationships. They'd probably be just fine. Is that is that what it is now? Yeah, this is the world of open. But like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Justin Timberlake. He and his wife have a policy of, don't ask, don't tell. Oh, then he's a fucking hypocrite with Britney, man. Yeah. For that fucking Crimea River and fucking the other one. Mm-hmm. You know, Rick. <laughs> Double standard. I don't know what the well, I'm talking about. Crazy, so. I mean, if you agreed to be monogamous and then you aren't, I mean, it's kind of shitty. Yeah. So whatever. So, would you like to tell us your silly story or no? Um, yeah. Uh, so, I said about the first time my dad found out I was I could cuss. Um, we were uh, <coughs> let's see, I was about four, and this was so this nineteen eighty seven, and uh, you know they didn't really have these strict uh, child seat laws, and. Uh, so we're in this uh, old Chevy Blazer, you know the little S10 one, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm in the back seat, not buckled in, just just running around wild. My brother's sitting shotgun, and uh, we helped with yard work, so we we're gonna go get a milkshake. And uh, my dad rolls down his window. And the lady goes, "What can I get you?" And he goes, "Hold on." And he turns to my brother and he goes, "What kind of milkshake do you want?" And I popped my head up in between the window and my dad's head and uh, poked my head out and I said, hey, fucker. And uh, my dad, he's like, excuse me. And he tried to uh, grab me and he's like, it's funnier to hear him tell the story because he's like, I turned around and I was like, you little motherfucker. Sorry, hold on. Uh, I'm going to fuck you. And he's like, well, I wonder where I got it. <laughs> um, Very nice. <coughs> you said that was an 84? No, uh, it would have been an 87. 87. I was four. You were four. Okay, yeah. I heard 84. Because that's when I was born, and I thought I was older than you. Yeah. No, you're, you're younger than me. Am I? Well, I was born Three. in 1983. Oh, barely. I mean, I was born in 84. So yeah. Math. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. So that was back when nobody gave a shit if you wore a seatbelt, right? No. Back Way back in no, the day. No, they didn't care if kids did, parents did. I remember... You could smoke with the windows up. Yeah, I I remember I used to all the time ride around in this fucking station wagon, you know, and how the station wagons have that big long open space mm-hmm. in the back, and we just would get piled back there mm-hmm. and slide around as our parents drove or whatever. Or people would put the uh, the seat the faces backwards that they wouldn't bolt to the ground and had seat belts, but it, in the it back of a truck. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time uh, we would just there was a loose wheel in the back and that's what we grabbed onto yeah, as perfect. it slid we were like this is our security to keep from flying <laughs> out you know yeah it was a different era man different time yeah and we all survived I remember uh, my dad I'll tell this story real quick because it reminded me of it my dad he had a uh, Ford Falcon okay that was like his dream car I don't know if yeah. you're familiar I've, with yeah, that yeah I've seen him um, what and, year uh, 70-something, maybe? Okay. Like an old-ass one. Because mm-hmm. uh, they don't make them, obviously, mm-hmm. anymore. They, they didn't make them for very long. Which I think no, but it was a nice little car. It. I mean, it was like a... Kind of like a smaller Nova, right? He's owned like a... Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's owned like three or four of them throughout his life. What he really wanted was a convertible one. 
uh, but this one wasn't a okay. convertible. Um, and it had no seat belts in the back, right? So, you know, most kids want to get shotgun. They mm-hmm. want to sit up front. We called the back. So you slide Because back. there was seat belts in the back. Yeah, it was exactly. So we could slide back and forth across the fucking <laughs> leather seats or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and... I remember I was in the back. I had called the back, and I was like, "Wee!" sliding back and forth every time he turned. And it turns out one of the doors was not closed all the way. Oh. So I'm like, "Wee!" And then all of a sudden the door swings open. I'm like, ah! I have, like one, I have one arm on the door, and I'm like watching the road race by underneath me as I'm like, ah! And then my dad sees it, so he yanks the car the opposite direction, so it slams me back inside. Attaboy. And then he was like... I'm putting seatbelts in today. <laughs> and he went and got these old ass How about you just fix belts? the door that fell open? Yeah. We don't need seatbelts as long as the we door were, doesn't we, open as we're driving down the road. Yeah, we were sad, but yeah, it was fucking... <laughs> it was fun until, while it lasted. But yeah, I remember that. And then my dad, actually, he eventually got did get a convertible one that I don't think he ever got working. Because what he had actually done was, is he had bought uh, a convertible one that didn't run. And then he bought Ford Fairlane, and his intention was to pull the engine out of the I Ford Fairlane, Fairlane to put into the convertible, and I think he probably just ended up selling off both of them. Yeah, but you know the lib- the dream still lives. He also wanted to buy a bus and tear out all the seats and bolt in like couches and beds and shit, yeah, and use cool. it as like an RV. And he bought multiple buses too, and just never fucking got around <laughs> to doing that portion of it. <laughs> He's owned like three buses. She had kind of like a Sanford and Sons life of, of partially done projects. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember my dad. He made. He started making. He started building this uh, dollhouse for my sister, right mm-hmm. when she was like a little girl, and he got like a good portion of the way done with it, and then he just kind of stopped doing it. So then, so then he had this whole. Uh, uh, I'll have it done by the time you're you're in middle school. And then she and then she gets to middle school. It's not done by the time you're in high school. I'll, I'll have that done. And then, and then oh. it, it it wasn't. I don't. I'm making him sound grizzled because I have a cold and okay. <laughs> but uh, and then he was like, by the time you graduate college, and then by the time she was out of high school, he just fucking threw it away. He gave up on that thing. <laughs> there was one thing he completed though. And I'll, I'll say this just because it's kind of a sweet sentiment. My parents, they got divorced when I was like in fifth grade or That's something That's what he like completed? That. <laughs> yes, like, he completed his <laughs> divorce paperwork. Damn. That's uh, better, actually, than what I was going to say. Uh, no, he um, he was in like the military and stuff, you know, and uh, he never really like got into combat, so he wasn't like crazy uh, right we didn't have ptsd or anything like that um but one thing that he got into while he was in the military and i don't know if it was necessarily while he was in the military or after but he started getting into cross stitch okay and he started making my mom a cross stitch of like two holly hobbies like holly hobby girls okay. sitting back to back or whatever and he started making it for her while they were still together right and then they got divorced and then like 10 years later he completed it, and, and he and he gave it to her because that's who we intended to give it to. That's hilarious. And that was just like, to me, it meant that like he never stopped loving her. You know, he still cares about her, even though obviously they're not together or mm-hmm. whatever. And he, it was important to him that she have the thing that he Works intended her to have, even if it was way after they weren't together anymore. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 
All right, so I think we'll begin to wrap up here. It's been a nice conversation, though, but I did want to ask you, though, if you had any plugs you wanted to throw out there. I know you said you had some shows coming up at the mic earlier, right? You um, yeah, I got, um, I'm hosting for Sam Marill, and there's a chance, actually, that I might get to feature Friday Late Show, but I'm not supposed to say that yet. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another person going on after Sam on Friday, then? So, yeah, so Sam... Um, they were trying to find a night that they could let Sam's feature headline. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I was talking to Alex about it, and he said, well, could you do 25 minutes? I was like, I could do fucking 45 minutes if you just let me talk to the crowd. Yeah? <laughs> Did they tell you not to do that? Not as a feature. Not as a feature? Yeah. I'm not supposed to do crowd work as a feature. I thought it was a host you weren't supposed to do crowd work. I'm not supposed to do crowd work as a host either, but huh. I don't do crowd work when I'm hosting, but as well, a feature... I mean, it it kind of makes sense to not do that. Like, it? after my... <coughs> You know, once I open up, start talking about Bradley and stuff, and then I can start having conversations with other people that I'm, you know, I just, I like bullshitting with the audience. I think crowd work's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it is fun, too, and it takes a, a different skill set, so yeah, that's cool, man. Hopefully they... I hate writing. <laughs> that's the problem? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're quick on your toes, so you yeah, kind of so deserve a little leeway, you right. know? Yeah. Just use it. To fuck around and do... What is your thing to do? Um, I feel like what you do, though, and don't I hopefully don't take offense or anything, is definitely a better like feature kind of yeah performance for sure. Like you and Lucas Prom, I feel like are definitely feature comics. Like they'll have you host, and you could do fine mm-hmm. hosting. But I feel like your sweet spot is when the crowd's already warmed up and they're ready for whatever yeah. you bring to them. You know? Well, and especially if I get a chance to see what they like. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, okay, can I come? <laughs> so that's cool. Do you have anything else than, uh, other than that? Uh, and then the drinking know? debate on the 20th. Um, I'll be in Moscow tomorrow, but this probably won't release, huh? So they haven't said who's on the drinking debate, but you're just you're always on them, right? So you can pretty much assume they'll be on it. Uh, they told us that we were on it. It's uh, it's the 98 Chicago Bulls. Uh, right. Myself, Ryan, and um, Jesse. Nice. Um, Jesse Burke. Yeah, but right. we couldn't be the 98 Chicago Bulls because that was the team that they had to create the Hall of Fame for. Because we won five in a row. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. And, I didn't uh, know that. Um, so they forced us into retirement. So when we said, well, we're getting the gang back together, um, they said, all right, but you have to use a different name because the 98 Chicago Bulls have been retired. So we are, um, oh, gosh dang it. Who's saying the boys are back in town? Uh, thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. So we're, I thought you were gonna, name is Thin Lizzy. I thought you were going to be like 95 Lakers or some shit. Just no. <laughs> go down the same. The 2000 Lakers. <coughs> um, That's interesting. Yeah, I'll probably end up being on that show as well because I threw a team together last second because Harry posted about it like three or four times mm-hmm. about submissions. So I was like, he must not like the teams that yeah. have submitted so far. And then it made me laugh so hard when he actually posted like after the cutoffs. We need one more not crappy not team. Crappy team. Well, it was like one of the teams was Aaron Hall, um, Blade Frank, and somebody else. And so you, like, you're just part of that show. You know about the well, connectivity. I always ask, hey, who else is up? <laughs> so <laughs> do, you know, do you know if my team's going to be on it? Mm-hmm. The only teams I know for sure is, is people trash and then us. Ah, yeah. Well, and I can... So that he was going to be on a team, but then he sent me a team photo of a team that he's not 
one of the members, so I have no idea. That dude's all strange. I'm just gonna assume I'm gonna be on the show because yeah. like there was a the last show that I actually was on. They didn't fucking announce the teams until like the, the night mm-hmm. before, and I was like, cool. Guess I'm doing that show. Good thing I didn't make any other plans. But the funny thing was, is Rob Wentz was on my team, and he did make other plans because they didn't announce the teams, so he wasn't available. So I hurried up, scrambled, and got Folger Emerson, and then he was like, I called in. I'm going to be there tonight. I'm like, I already got fucking Folger Emerson to replace you, dude. And then he's like, yeah, well, tell him he can go fuck himself. I'm going to be there. And I was just like, God, I hate comics, man. They're so fucking flaky and weird. And But, you know, it, yeah. it worked out okay. He could just go and like. Well, and Folger was going to be there anyways, right? So Was he? Oh, he wasn't? I don't think he showed up. Oh. No, I think he, he was willing to pitch it, but I think like he probably went and like went on a tinder date or something Probably. instead you know he's got a lot of those in his back pocket he does yeah tries to hide it but he does do you want to plug your social medias um yeah, pretty much it's all anywhere you can find me it's uh funny for funny for today you have a you have a website yeah i, I was gonna ask. in a long time oh does it have like really old dates on there i can go look at yeah that'd be cool um i did not update my shit for a long time yeah, I just never. I don't know, man. I'm not. Ever since Bradley was born, I've been booking a lot of shows or trying to do anything too much on the road. It's hard for me to be like, because <coughs> uh, I travel. I'm on the road Monday through Wednesday, um, most of the time. Sometimes it's just Monday and Tuesday, but still, it's hard for me to be like, hey, I got a, I got a show in Wenatchee. Uh, I'm gonna take off for Friday and Saturday as well. Have a good day. And just yeah. drop the kid on, you know, babysitters or Me- or Megan or whatever. That's fair. So I try to stay local, or like I'm doing a show tomorrow with Phil and Harry in Moscow because it's just close and available. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so. But anywhere, like uh, Instagram, it's funny for today, uh, and it's some of them. It's funny dot four dot today, and it's not the number four or f o u r. It's just four f o r. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and that's like Twitter, right? Twitter too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have a fan page on Facebook? Um, no, I try to do a. <laughs> I try to do a um, like a. I tried to put on some shows when I first started doing comedy, which apparently you know everybody has to go through their phase when they do that. Right, right. Um, and we called it Sad Mike Productions because I had a buddy, I had a picture of my buddy Mike who was sitting on at the edge of a dock all by himself looking all sad. Yeah. And so I took a picture of Sad Mike, and then I called it Sad Mike, but made M I C. And that's on Facebook. And that's on Facebook. Right. But I, Everyone go follow that. No, don't no. follow that. You're probably still going to get into it. Maybe, I don't know, someday. What's funny is I fucking created my stupid fan page or whatever, you know, it's just my name, and then I created the podcast afterwards, and I wanted to change it to the podcast, so mm. I, just, I tried to change it to B-Hood Comedy, and it said, this is too different from what you had it before, and we don't want to, like, mislead your people that follow you oh, so Jesus. they wouldn't approve it and i was like what the fuck You're Facebook? Basically. yeah like all right whatever maybe i'll fucking submit a ticket or something at some point because i like that better be hood comedy than just my name yeah because people people that know me would know that i think maybe you would think yeah it's not like i have hundreds and hundreds of people following me that we need to be worried about anyways yeah well that's why i had to come up with funny for today because I can't just be Steve Johnson stevejohnson.com if you type if you accidentally spell stevensjohnson.com it takes you to a completely different website do you know what Stevens Johnson syndrome is? 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you I heard your bit about it. I yeah. definitely didn't know about it until you mentioned it. It's, uh... Yeah, so I had to come up with something, because type <coughs> Steve Johnson into Twitter, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Did you ever think about coming up with a stage name? No, because I don't... Uh, well, yeah, kind of. I didn't when I first started out, um, and then after being Steve Johnson for so long. Um, I, I thought about taking uh, my grandma's maiden name on my dad's side. It's uh, Pinsano. Just because it would stand out a little bit more than Johnson, you know? Yeah. Steve I think Pinsano. I think Steve Johnson is like, it's definitely a staple name in the, yeah. at least in the area, so you'd be hard to change. Are there any other Steve Johnson comedians that you know of? Um, I've never, I've never Googled it. Okay. Just curious. There's another Steve Johnson that works at Johnstone. He works in Denver. I get his emails all the time. It's weird. He's Steven Dot Johnson. I'm Steven jo- or Steve Dot Johnson. That makes sense. And I get his emails all the time. That's actually where B Hood came from. I never made a bit about it because I couldn't make it quite funny enough for my liking. But it was actually from working at call centers because at call centers, you, the email or your login or whatever is always your first initial and your last name, mm-hmm. or your first initial, your middle initial, and your last name. And my middle initial, I have two middle names, Eric and Scott. So they always go with the first names middle initial yeah. so it's either b hood or b e hood which is still b hood <laughs> so um so at one point i became like a supervisor at a call center and uh people had to contact me to like get me to authorize like fees they couldn't waive or do things inside the account that they couldn't do and i gave them my code to do that and my code was just my <laughs> login so i'd just be like b hood and they found it pretty amusing, but it was there was one uh, site in Atlanta that really liked it. Like <laughs> they were like, "What? That's really what it is? B Hood? That's awesome!" So like they started calling me B Hood as soon as they heard my voice. They'd be like, "Hey, what's up, B Hood?" And I'm just like, I'm "Like, hey, man, what's up?" And like so like it became like You're cool there. just yeah. because I had that that name that mm-hmm. login name. So that was kind of fun. So I've tried to make that into a bit. And the only way that I could think of to end it is them being like, Hey, B-Hood, what's up? And I'm like, oh, man, what's up? And, you know, just being, like, like kind of fresh with them or whatever you call it, uh, you know. And then they go, like, oh, I got a supervisor call for you. I'm like, don't worry, man, I got this. And then they bring them through. I'm like, hello, this is Brian Hood. I'm a supervisor here on the floor. How can I help you? So, like, basically the joke is that I'd be kind of ghetto with them and then I'd be super white super at white. the end or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like it was much of a joke or enough of a joke to to frame Warm a whole bit around yeah. it. Yeah. But maybe when I'm doing, like, my hours, I'm shit and people already like me, right? Yeah. Maybe, like, your third album. My third album? Mm-hmm. I wanted to name my first album Be Hood, though. You still can. It just won't make any sense? Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Why not? It's your album. That's true. <laughs> I can name it whatever I want. And then I put the B Hood joke in the next one and name it after a joke I didn't put on mm-hmm. on that one mm-hmm. every time. That would be nice. I, uh, I had a buddy who worked at a call center and they had to have an alias. They'd have a fake name. Weird. Was it because they were Middle Eastern? No. So it'd be, I am Kevin? No, um, I think it was, I don't know, it was just to hide their identity. I don't know what he was selling over the phone, but obviously he was oh, bothering a bunch man. of people. Um, but he used my name. Oh, yeah? He's like, he called me. He's like, hey, I got this job, and I, I had to come up with an alias. Guess what my name is? I was like, I don't know, man. Like, 
Squirrel Bob? I don't know. What you, oh, I, I, Steve Johnson. It's like, why? It is pretty ambiguous, I guess. Why? Why? <coughs> <laughs> it reminds me, actually, I used to work at uh, America Online. And it was the same thing there. Um, my my name was B Hood there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to give out our email addresses because I worked in the retention department. So we give them the, we give them our email address. Um, that um, so that they could contact us because we were trying to keep their account open. So we'd say like, hey, if you email me, if you have any issues or whatever, and I'll just whatever it could take to get them to want to keep their account open. And my uh, login was bhoodaz or something like that. Yeah. So I would tell people, B is in Brian, my first name, my last name, Hood, and then AZ because I, I work out of Arizona, right? I tell them that. I don't know why. That just was something that I would tell them. And then there was one time I was working on a Saturday, and this, there's the thousands of people calling in, right? And I get a call. I, earlier that day, some lady had called, and she was trying to cancel her, or her sister's account who had, like, died or whatever, right? And we can't do anything for anyone unless they have they have this like fax in the power of attorney and stuff like that and get it done that way because of account privacy and everything and she was all upset and everything and I told her I'm sorry I just can't actually handle the account for you and then later on that day I get a call from a guy and he goes is this Brian? I was like yeah and he's like Brian Hood and I was like uh huh he's like in Arizona and I was like yes Uh Turns out this guy had called over and over and over until he got me so that he could threaten me and try and force me to close this lady's account down. And he was like, if you don't close her account, I will have your name in the newspaper tomorrow. And I was just like, really? They're going to take that story? Man in Arizona will not close account for someone that is not authorized. Oh, sensational news. But it did freak me the fuck out when yeah, he knew no, my first last name and where I lived. And I was just like, huh? It made sense <laughs> after I thought about it. But I was like fucking 19 at the time and I thought somebody was going to come murder me because I wouldn't yeah. shut down their account. I would have felt the same way. It got real all of a sudden. All right, so I think we'll uh, wrap up the podcast. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, and until next time, above all else, just be you.